Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Hope you had a good break. This is Thriving in a Post-COVID World. It's a day of sessions to equip us in our businesses and careers. Our last session was on career transitions and we learned that it is about our ability to respond. Life is too short to be doing something that we really do not enjoy. So we were told basically to keep the picture in our mind of where it is that we want to be. And then all we have to do is figure out how to get there. We need to free our minds so that we can explore, envision, plan, and do. So I hope all of you got something out of the session and you're ready to explore, envision, plan, and do if career transitioning is what you want to do. Um, The next session is about to start. We will have a question and answer segment after the session. So if you have any questions, please can you send them directly to me and we will address them during the question and answer session. The session is on entrepreneurship as a career which will be taken by Jamie McAllister. So let me tell you a little bit about Jamie. Jamie is an accredited executive coach and management consultant, as well as a committed Christian. And after spending 12 years as a management consultant with PwC, Jamie set up his own consultancy business. He's the author of the book, Risky Strategy, Understanding Risk to Improve Strategic Decisions. And he spent close to two years in Uganda setting up a business school. Jamie offers one-to-one coaching and has monthly online forums and coaching groups for pioneers, which he calls Kingdom Business Pioneers. He's also been working on entrepreneur training for B4T, an organization that invests in kingdom businesses in Africa and Asia, and on a startup business to promote and export health plant-based products from Africa to the UK. Jamie, over to you. Okay. Um, Well, I'm so excited to be involved in this. I've not really heard much about Jesus House until very recently, uh, but this is a, a very exciting um, thing to be doing uh, for, a, for a church and uh, quite entrepreneurial and pioneering, I would say. So excited to be part of it. Um, I was just thinking about uh, transitions, actually, before I get into my talk and just realizing that actually I'm quite qualified to talk on a theme of transitions, having done quite a lot myself, actually. I was just running through it as, um, as Temi was talking. In 1982, I got married and went to America, left a job in London and got, went to America to go to a business school. In 1984, I went to join a business in Switzerland. In 1990, I left Switzerland to uh, come back to the UK to work for PwC. And then in 2002, I left PwC to join a business. I started my own business. 2017, went off to Uganda with my wife. 2019, we came back again. It's quite exhausting just reading my own um, CV, really. Uh, but quite a lot of transitions there. Uh, in fact, one one um, guy who was at one point interviewing me for a job made the comment, Jamie, I'm just looking at your uh, CV here, and it seems to me you're a bit of a butterfly. You know, like a butterfly that just kind of keeps wandering off from one plant to the next. Um, and, uh, 
And when I got back from Uganda, we came back earlier actually from Uganda um, for health reasons, but I, I remember sort of praying about it and asking, God, why, you know, here we go again, another transition. Oh, exhausted. And uh, I just felt this real sense that God saying, my, my thing is that I start things. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. Um, anyway, so I'm going to talk to you about entrepreneurship as a calling. Um, and uh, there's some parallels here with what um, Temi, Lady Temi, is it Lady Temi, was saying to us earlier on. Um, uh, in fact, I even used the same quote as she did at some point in this talk. Um, but I think it's reinforcing stuff and, I'll, and I won't kind of go back over. I think it's just coming at it from a different angle. And then I'm going to move into more about what, what uh, I believe you need to get in place when you're setting up a, a business. Um, and I think you're going to get more on that a bit later on in the, in the day as well. So hopefully these kind of segue into each other, these talks segue into each other quite nicely. Um, this talk actually is an adaptation of um, some training that I've been involved in with this organization B4T that, that supports kingdom businesses in Africa and Asia. Um, and I've been involved particularly in this particular uh, session and a couple of others like this. So, um, so it's, a, it's kind of, it's a serious piece of training for entrepreneurs that this is part of, just to put that in context. Um, so, two interesting words, called and gifted. And the reason why they're interesting words is because they both in the English language have two meanings. And these two meanings really come together when we think about the kingdom of, kingdom of God. So, first of all, the word called means to receive somebody shouting at us, if you like, or receive a telephone call but it also means uh, to have a purpose. And when we think about this in the context of, of God's kingdom, these two things come together because actually the person doing the calling is indeed God. And the same could be said for the word gifted. If you think about it, gifted uh, in one sense means, uh, you know, receiving something for your birthday, uh, but it also means um, that uh, you have a certain talent for something. And again, in the kingdom of God, those two things come together because it's actually God that gives us the talent uh, for a purpose, for a calling. So we're going to cover what is a calling, your why, just as, as Temi was saying earlier on. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm going to think about how you might find out, again, expanding on what Temi was saying earlier on. Um, and then I'm going to think about how we translate one part of that calling, the need, if you like, into a business model. And I'm going to be sharing with you uh, a way of developing a business model on a page, um, which is going to be very relevant subsequent to this talk. I think we're going to get you involved in doing some of this. Uh, and, and finally, I'm just, if, if we have time, I'm just going to help us think about why business is actually quite a good way of sol solving uh, social problems. So first of all, what is a calling? Uh, a good place to start is this book by a guy called Oz Guinness. It's called The Call. Oz Guinness was actually a, um, a descendant of the famous Guinness who set up a beer company in Ireland, uh, also a Christian. 
And what the book really addresses is really in the context, I think, of the church is that this idea of a calling historically has been seen something for an elite few. Um, you know, there's either who have been sent off as missionaries or uh, might be sent, uh, called to be leaders of churches. And what he basically says is, you know, that is not the way he believes uh, calling should be viewed uh, and, and certainly isn't biblical. And he, he says, essentially, a calling is about everyone. It's everywhere and in everything. So it's not just relevant on a Sunday. It's uh, not just relevant in your workplace. It's relevant in all aspects of what you do. So it's for all of us. We all should have a calling. And the question is, do you know what yours is? Um, and there are some common wrong beliefs around calling. So as I, as I started to say, a calling is only for full-time ministry. Often that idea that it's only for full-time Christian ministry, as they say, um, this isn't right. Even if you believe that actually others have a calling, there is a view that there's a hierarchy. You know, actually the better calling is to be called to be a, a church leader. And then uh, actually, if, uh, if you're called to something secular, that's kind of secondary. I can remember when I became a, a Christian, which was in, in Switzerland, um, I came back to the UK. I, I was involved in a startup company, which uh, didn't work out in the end. And we uh, had a turning point in my career. And I remember asking God in prayer, okay, so here I am, I'm starting, I've got a transition going on here. What do I do now, now that I'm sort of 100% all out for you? Uh, do I become a vicar? That seems to me the obvious thing to do. And uh, it was very clear to me uh, that, uh, in kind of the way I felt the Lord was speaking to me, that actually, no, you are called to be a witness to me in, in the field in which you are in, in the field of business. Um, and this idea that there's a secular sacred divide, that, that uh, kind of what you do on Sunday is not related to what you do the rest of the week. Again, this is a wrong belief. Actually, it's a 24-7 thing, our calling. And it may be that on a Sunday we get kind of reinforced uh, or built up or fed for the calling that happens for the rest of the week. Uh, by the way, this uh, lovely picture here is, in case you're wondering, the Corinthian canal which divides Greece in two. A nice picture of this idea of a divide uh, between the secular and the sacred. So to reinforce that, we have this verse from Paul's letter to Ephesus, the Christians in Ephesus, where he says, we are God's handiwork. I think in other translate, translations, it talks about God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are, wherever we are in our faith, just let you know, I believe God has a purpose for you. And it's clear in these words that Paul writes to Ephesus. Uh, he's got something in mind specifically for you. So how do we find out what our calling is? Well, there's a good book called The Purpose Driven Life. Some of you may have come across it, written by a church leader in America called Rick Warren. And he, uh, a lot of the book is really about what Christians have in common in terms of their purpose, you know, a purpose to, to pray, to um, spread, uh, to be a witness, to spread the gospel. But, the, but there also is a sense that we all have something specific within that context. We all have specific giftings. And he has come up with this acronym, SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E, 
as a way of trying to work out what our calling might be. And S for uh, shape stands for spiritual gifts. So I believe there are uh, some 20, I forget exactly, but I think it's about 20 spiritual gifts specifically mentioned in the Bible. Um, and these have a bearing on our calling. What's very interesting about uh, spiritual gifts is that we don't often necessarily discern what our spiritual gifts are. Often we need other people to show us because they're things that come naturally to us. You know, some people naturally have a prophetic gift. Some people naturally have a gift of, of, of caring, um, et cetera. We don't necessarily know that because we just feel it's natural. So worth getting somebody else to discern what your spiritual gifts are if you're involved in a, in a church. Um, we have heart, H for heart, which is, um, Tammy was talking a lot about this, the passion, the thing that gives you a buzz, the thing that gets you up in the morning. Um, what is that for you? Uh, and then we have abilities. These are our sort of secular gifts, if you like. Uh, again, you may not know all of what those are for you, and it may be very helpful to get other people to uh, help discern them for you. Um, they could be things like you, you naturally... Uh, have an ability to care for people or you naturally have a, an administration gift and but you don't realize you've got it you need others to show you that um, personality again Temi talked about this personality um, these are the this is the fact that we're all wired differently um, some of the better known personality tests uh, one of them talks about being extrovert versus introvert for example uh, so extroverts get their energy from being around other people uh, introverts get more of their energy from being on their own and reflecting. Um, and these have a bearing on, 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 on our calling. And finally, experience. So experience can uh, be uh, any aspect of things that have happened to us in the past. And sometimes it's not the necessarily the good things that have happened to us in the past. Sometimes it may be some of the tougher things that have happened in the past that may have a bearing on our calling. Because having experienced those things, we are in a have a greater ability to empathize, if you like, with people who are going through similar things. So that's a start for working out what your calling is. Um, the missing ingredient is the, this uh, quote that Temi also brought out, uh, purpose is the place where your deep gladness meets the world's needs. And particularly if uh, we're talking about being in business and having, having a business, the, the miss, this meeting, missing ingredient of understanding what the needs are is absolutely essential. In fact, any kind of start of a business needs to start off with working out what the need is that you're trying to address. So we've got, we've got those abilities, those giftings, and we've got needs. Um, and we can put the three together. Uh, we can put these things together in this, I think, quite neat little uh, way of looking at things. We start with three things in your life. We start off with the passion, the, the thing that gives you, uh, gets you up in the morning, the desire to do. And uh, we have your giftedness, your ability to do, and we have your, the needs that you're looking at, the reason to do, the why, in the sense, the essence of the why, which is why uh, does this thing help uh, in the world, wider world around you? And what we're looking for is uh, the sweet spot. We're looking for the piece that, that where these three things intersect, really, in trying to work out what your, your calling is. And just to pull these two kind of models together, 
if you think about it, um, the giftedness really is kind of the spiritual, the abilities, the personality and the experience. Um, the heart bit is around the passion. And then on top of that, we add the need, which gives us the three parts of the model. Now let's just think a little bit more about the giftedness. There's a great book again by a guy called Bill Hendricks, who uh, it's called The Person Called You, Why You're Here, Why You Matter, What You Should Do With Your Life. Uh, uh, so another book that's well worth getting if you can, or this, there's this URL at the top, which is a good start. And just to give you a flavor of what he does, which I think is really helpful, if you go, you can get this on the website is he suggests that you write a narrative of different things, uh, different moments in your life that have been particularly uh, meaningful to you or have st stand out for you or you remember or made an impact on you. And just write a couple of sentences about each of those situations that you were in. And then he suggests what you do is you look at some of the common themes in those different narratives. And maybe you've got 10 different narratives there. So what are some of the common themes? First of all, you're looking for, you know, what are the things that, that give, gave you a buzz in those situations? Uh, secondly, you might be looking at what, what were you able to do well in those situations? Uh, and thirdly, possibly, you know, what, what sort of needs were you addressing in those situations? So that's well worth uh, checking out. And just to say on the subject of giftedness, just to reiterate that we believe uh, as people of faith, at least that our gifts are not something that we've done ourselves. They're th things that God has given us. And this uh, verse from Deuteronomy, I think is very helpful. Uh, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Of course, a lot of people in business do ex say exactly that. Um, but it's really important to remember it's the Lord that gives you that ability. And if he's gonna make you wealthy, it's for a purpose. Um, sorry guys, it's not just so you've got loads of money to buy fancy guys and girls, fancy cars and whatever you like. That's not the reason if, if you are uh, going to be wealthy, that's not the reason you have that wealth. Um, okay. So I want to tell you about a guy called Eric Liddell. And I'm sorry, this isn't very interactive, but I'm wondering if anybody's heard of Eric Liddell out there. Maybe somebody who can be watching the chat. Um, anyway, one just, or two hands raised. So yeah, some yes, people yeah. have heard of him. Okay, let me tell you a bit more about him then. There's about a hundred or so or more of you that haven't heard of him. So this is going to be news for you. Um, he is, uh, was a, a Christian athlete. He, he was in the Olympic Games in 1924. Uh, he was actually from Scotland. And uh, the story was captured in a film called The Chariots of Fire. It's one of my favorite films, if you haven't seen it. And, and maybe now this is jogging the memory to some of others of you, you or you may even remember the music that was featured in the, um, the Olympic Games here in London not so long ago. Um, and it, the story in the film is he, uh, with a bunch of his colleagues you see in this picture, uh, went to the Olympic Games in 1924 and he was told that his race, which was 100 meters, was going to happen on a Sunday, had been scheduled for a Sunday. Now, he, he grew up in a quite a, a strict uh, Scottish church where they believed that was the Sabbath and you shouldn't uh, be doing work on the Sabbath. And he stuck to his guns. He said, I cannot run that race on the Sunday. 
Uh, and there was even a scene where the King of England got involved and said, come on, mate, you know, you're representing your country. So Johnny, right thing to do is to Johnny well run the race and put aside these stupid little rules. Uh, anyway, he stuck to his guns. He didn't run the race. And a colleague of his who had already won a medal um, actually then offered that he could run in his race. I, I don't know if you can do that now, but you could do it back then. Uh, his race was the 400 meters race, uh, which was on a Thursday, I think. So he said, okay, I'll run that race. And anyway, so as he set out to run this race, uh, he was basically saying to God, uh, I think I can do pretty well for the first 200 meters. I've got a good chance of being ahead of the game. The second 200 meters, it's in completely in your hands, God. I don't know what's gonna happen. Anyway, the miracle of the story is he won that race. He won the gold medal. Um, and it's a, great, it's a great story of faith. And the reason I'm telling you this story is I'm hoping, actually, I'm just realizing whether my sound is, um, I can't remember if I set my sound up, but I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna show a clip. Oh, I'm so pleased. <laughs> so I've got a lot of running to do first. Jenny. Jenny, you've got to understand. I believe that God made me for a purpose. For China. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. To give it up would be to hold him in contempt. You were right. It's not just fun. To win is to honour him. Jenny. Jenny. Love that. Don't you love that? <laughs> yeah. It gives me goosebumps every time I see that. Anyway, so you get the point. Oh. Oh, hang on a minute. I've gonna go. Now I've gonna go. All sorts of things happening going on. Can you hear, hear other stuff going on? Not anymore now. We could. Oh, now we can just hear you. You can just hear me. Yeah. Hang on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is really weird because I've got this sound going on. Um, let me keep going. So, Eric Little, God made me fast. That's about giftedness. When I run, I feel God's pleasure. It's about passion. To win is to glorify him. That's about addressing a need. In this case, the need to glorify God. So, this is a similar kind of story. Uh, maybe God made me inquisitive. When I put things together, I feel God's pleasure to solve a problem. I think uh, Temi was talking about that might be something that's, that's your thing, is to glorify him. So we're going to have a little exercise for a few minutes. I'm going to suggest you use chat where you put your version. Here's another one. God made me adventurous. When I step into the unknown, I feel God's pleasure. To pioneer something new is to glorify him. This is one that really speaks to me because I'm, I'm very much into pioneering at the moment um, or have been all my life actually for that matter so these are different examples of similar statements what I want you to do is to think about where you would fill in the gaps here 
God made me uh, when I so-and-so feel God's pleasure to such and such is to glorify him. Uh, just to give you a few more possible things, other possible areas of giftedness. Here's a nice list. Um, you know, maybe it's about being organized. Maybe it's about flying an airplane. I don't know. I've got colleagues who fly airplanes. If that's your giftedness, um, just watch out because it's not cheap, but that may be your thing. Um, maybe it's about growing food, uh, telling stories. So it's just kind of throwing a few ideas out. Okay, sorry, Jamie, can I just interrupt? Um, you can't actually type in the chat to everyone, but you can send it to me and I will put it into the oh, chat so okay. everyone can see. So just correct that. So if you send me your okay. um, statement, I'll just put it in the chat for everyone to see. Just, you don't even need to write the full, just write the words that fit into these three different gaps, if you like. Okay, so whilst you're doing that, I'm gonna just pause for a couple of minutes and turn off this sound that's going in the back of my ear from my uh, from my browser. <laughs> right, give me. that back up again just in case it's useful yeah if someone says she feels good praying for people uh -huh. come on guys i'm waiting i'm waiting it's, i know it's challenging when i did this for the first time it doesn't it's not come doesn't come to mind straight away so that's part of the purpose but uh, if anyone has got anything that comes to mind to fill in these gaps that'd be really interesting to see so god made me what is your real gifting and what sort of things give you a buzz what's your passion and where do you see that linking to a possible need i like this god made me a doer yeah there's lots of need for people who are good doers <laughs> get things done Yeah, guiding people. Diligence, love it. Wow. Now these things, the caring stuff is, is really good. The creative stuff is really good. The diligent stuff, these are all things that uh, are incredibly valuable in the world, certainly in the world of business um, and bring glory to God. Passionate about knowing the truth. Yeah, wow. Could you be a journalist or something? That would be really useful. <laughs> <laughs> There's so little truth in journalism these days. Giver. Brings tears to people. This is brilliant. It's all coming strong. Singing. Somebody's a singer. Right. How's God going to use that then if he hasn't already? Yeah, I think I've put all the ones. That's fantastic. All right, that's there. brilliant. Well done, those who managed to come up with something. But keep thinking about it because uh, I just think this is it's a clever 
cool. It's really building exactly on what Tammy was saying. They're really getting to the bottom of, and, and by the way, what, what I would say is I am now, uh, I'm 64 in next month and I'm still looking, you know, I still haven't got it right. I think I'm kind of homing in a bit more. It's certainly God wants to be involved in business. It looks to be more kingdom business at the moment. Um, but I'm still kind of regularly saying, well, which aspect of this do you really want me to get involved in? It's an ongoing process. Like to think I could have got it right, right from the beginning, but there you go. It doesn't always happen like that. Um, committed my work. Good time management. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. It's good. I'm definitely going to capture some of these in my save chat. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me get back to the talk. And I'm going to move on now, because then the question is on this last bit, which is the need, you know, what is it? What is the need? And some of those might need translating more into. So what is the need I might be addressing? Some of them more obvious. Um, once we have the need, uh, we potentially have the basis for uh, a business. Because um, the starting point, I would suggest to you, of any uh, business is understanding what problem you are solving or what need you are addressing. It was quite interesting. I was with a colleague who's uh, on one of my coaching groups, who's uh, PwC. Uh, they've just come up with a new purpose statement, uh, which um, reads, we build trust in society and solve important problems. Kind of interesting uh, for an audit firm or the consultancy. You can see the consultancy side of that. What I normally say when I do some teaching on marketing uh, and ask people what, what is marketing uh, and people say oh it's kind of advertising isn't it or it's kind of selling stuff um, doing stuff on, on search you know internet marketing etc and I say well actually really the essence of marketing is solving problems actually you're identifying a problem and you're work, working at how you are solving that problem so you kind of think of any kind of marketing solution ultimately the essence of it is about solving problems so your starting point uh, on this business model canvas, so I have <clears throat> I have adapted this. This is a this is a kind of well relatively well known business school um, tool, uh, which is uh, really a way of expressing, in essence, in one page, what the essence of your business is. Um, I've adapted it slightly, calling it the Kingdom Business Model Canvas. It's just normally called the Business Model Canvas, and I've added some boxes, and particularly around the mission side, where we've added. Uh, apart from just economic goals and social goals, there are spiritual goals and potentially environmental ones as well. So, um, so this process in terms of how you fill this in typically runs from right to left, which is kind of weird. Um, I didn't come up with that idea. Somebody else thought it was the way to do it. Um, maybe they were um, Arabic or something like that because they go from right to left, don't they? Um, so you start off with your problems and just the solution what is the problem you're solving and and what is what's up, in what sense is are you offering a solution to that particular problem uh, i do a lot of work with technology businesses i'm involved with a school of business and technology in uganda and um you know one of the great temptations with technology is here's a great bit of technology um now let's kind of find a problem that it's solving you know it's a nice gadget seems nice but how do we it's the wrong way around you need to to be clear what the problem is you're solving first of all um 
then you need to think about who, who you're solving the problem for. That's your target customers. You know, not everybody has the same problem. I'm involved in this health plants business I mentioned. One of the things I've discovered as, uh, as I've been doing research on it is the particular things that we're offering with these health plants actually are more relevant to the older generation. We call them the baby boomers. People, I'm a baby boomer, apparently, because I came from a boom time for babies uh, back in the, in the 50s. And uh, so this older generation, uh, these, plants, these plants particularly help this older generation because they're addressing things like mental issues, they're addressing things like obesity, which is actually across the generations, but um, it, it turns into diabetes in the older generations. Um, so I've identified that actually within the broader market, there's a target group where this, this is particularly relevant to. Um, so once you've figured out your target group, you need to think about, and this is probably the heart of the business, what is your competitive advantage? What is your unique selling proposition? Because if all you're doing is the same as everybody else, you have to ask the question, why bother? Um, and, and obviously to answer that question, you need to be thinking about who is doing something similar. Um, you know, do we need another barbershop in the local precinct? Uh, what is it gonna be different about yours compared to theirs? Um, so the essence of competitive advantage is, is quite a probing question to ask because it's not just what are you gonna do different, but what is the reason which enables you to do it differently? What, what is your, it goes back to your gifting and possibly your passion. Uh, what is it that gives you, sometimes we call an unfair advantage. Uh, it's unfair on the competition because you have this ability to do stuff which other people don't. And there could be a range of things. When you get to be a more mature business, it can be things like your brand, it can be patents, things like that. But in the early stages, what is it that's probably going to be very particular to you as an individual? What is it that you've got uniquely able to offer in this business? Um, and then you need to start thinking. So this is why it's called a business model canvas, a business model canvas. You've got to think about the money side of things because the whole beauty of a business is that if it works properly, you can keep going. And not only can you keep going, you can grow it. You know, it's a way of solving problems uh, in a sustainable way and what we say a scalable way. It actually enables you once if you're doing a really good job, you get you can do more of it. So but you've got to figure out how you're making sure you're generating revenue with your idea. And then you need to think about the, the activities associated to deliver that. And what are the costs associated with that? And of course, you end up with the whole question about are you actually able to make a profit doing it? Uh, also very useful to think about your uh, key measures, um, key variables. In my book, I talk about uh, risk as variability. What are, what are the key things that are actually potentially going to dis, you know, cause me problems if I don't get them right? What are the things I've got to watch? And they can often be things like, uh, if you've got an online business, uh, how many clicks am I getting? How many inquiries am I getting? Um, uh, how, what proportion of those are turning into actual real um, customers? And then things like what proportion of those are actually turning into customers that stay with me? Uh, or am I just getting customers and then they're leaving? So uh, think about what are the key variables that are critical to the success, success of your business. Um, then <coughs> it's also useful to think about um, 
who the partners are and indeed who is the core team involved in this business is it just you are there other people involved and typically if you're going to anybody to in to get them to try and invest in your business whether it's family and friends or at a later stage it can be a, a venture capital business um, probably the most important thing that they're going to know is who are the team behind this business they want to know about you they want to know you and your colleagues uh, what how likely are you to succeed what track record do you have what what's your passion all the stuff we've talked about what are your gifts what do you bring to the party that gives us confidence that this is going to work um, and then finally sort of kind of rounding off really where you started in terms of what problem are you solving so that's it in a nutshell um, and well here's, here's an example of one that is has been filled in um, and it relates to the business i'm talking about this health plants business um, so what are the issues that we're solving ongoing health issues globally uh, mental i mentioned mental disease viral disease very topical at the moment of course um, and the fact actually that medical science don't have all the answers um, actually and natural i am particularly passionate about natural plant-based solutions to health problems um, so that's part of the issue we're solving we're also looking at um, generating or helping to generate the economy. One of the, the passions I had when I was in Uganda with the business school was looking at how you could export to generate jobs um, and become less dependent on aid. So that's part of the story behind this business. And so the solutions are about natural health plant solutions from sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, and that is being supported actually by a website which I've been developing with the business school, um, which basically collects customer feedback on uh, plant-based solutions to health problems. So as I mentioned, the target customers are your baby boomers, a uh, whole bunch of channels there. I won't read through them right now because we're running short of time. What's my competitive advantage? It's around um, uh, a bunch of things. Um, uh, the website that I'm involved in, I think is going to be a key, key theme because it's going to be based on customer input. Uh, uh, which gives credibility to the to the health claims, if you like. Um, the supplier relationships I ha already have in, in Uganda, uh, and we plan to use tracking technology, which is important. So there's a whole bunch of things there uh, that lead me to believe that actually uh, I could generate a, a competitive advantage with this business. Um, competitors, by the way, there's a local competitor in London called Aduna that's doing something. I actually know them quite well. Uh, it's not that I want to compete with them head on. Actually, what we're looking at is how do we uh, effectively complement what they're already doing um, and so on and so forth. You can see the team there. You can see some of the key activities. You see some of the key variables similar to the ones I've already met. Um, I don't have all the numbers yet. Uh, numbers can be quite uh, tricky. Uh, if you're doing this business plan, they're probably the last thing you do. And uh, if you don't already have a track record with the business, just the reality is you're having a guess, it can inform guess based on some research on the size of the market or research of competitors, but it's going to be a guess. Uh, and you just have to live, live with that. Uh, when you're challenged, this is your best guess of how you're actually going to make money um, with this business. Okay, so that's kind of, I think I'm going to draw it to a close there because I'm conscious, I think my time is up. Just... Your time is up. You do have, I mean, I know there was something you were 
planning to say about why business is best placed to okay. solve social problems. Do you want to touch on that quickly? Have I got a time for that? Okay. You okay. have. You've got All a few right. minutes yet. Okay, good. Okay, so I'm going to tell you briefly about this guy, um, Michael Porter. Some of you may have heard about. And there you see a URL. You can actually hear his whole talk. We don't have time for that. Uh, Michael Porter is actually the uh, preeminent um, strategy professor at Harvard. He wrote the book Competitive Strategy, which was like the equivalent of a Bible for business schools uh, going back into the 80s when I was at business school. Um, and uh, but he recently has come out with a talk talking about uh, he's become much more interested in social issues. Uh, but he basically says he's very compelling view why business is the uh, arguably a, the better way of solving social issues. Typically, you know, obviously NGOs and aid and charities have their place. There are some things you just can't do through business. But there's a lot of things I think aid tries to do not very well, uh, which business would do a lot better. And the reason why he says that is because one of the stark statistics he says is that 80% of the resources in the world are actually involved in business. 80% of the wealth in the world is actually involved in business. So the lion's share of, of, of money, if you like, around the world is involved in business. So you've got a lot more to work with than if you're relying on government, typically, or um, NGOs or charity. Um, the other important thing is it says, you know, profit often historically seen as a dirty word is actually incredibly important because it's profit that enables the business to be sustainable. The, the, the problems with doing you know, agricultural projects with charities is eventually you run out of money and then you have to stop the project. Uh, whereas with a profit, if you can make a profit somehow, you can sustain the bit, you can keep it going. And what's more, you can uh, scale it, you can grow it, you can reinvest some of your profits. And so you've done a great job in that particular part of the world uh, or that particular group of customers, now you can do the same for more people, more customers, more parts of the world. So just a little plug for why I think, I, why I'm passionate about Kingdom Business, basically. Um, why Kevin, think... could you do me a favor? Can you put the link in the chat for people for the okay. TED Talk? Good idea, I will do that. Um, let me, I'm gonna, yeah, that's it, oops. Disappeared. Hang on. Just so that people can go and have yeah. a watch later. I'm going to do that. Uh, I've just lost my presentation now. Sorry. What happened to it? <laughs> Come back. Uh, Beauty see. of technology. Yes. Oh, here we go. Okay, I've got a couple of questions, but if, if anyone has any questions, can you please send them directly to me? We'll go into the question and answer session in a minute. So Thank you so much. I've actually got it. Someone has sent it to me, so I'll put it in the oool. chat. Um, well, the, the link I've just put in. Oh, you've put it in, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Was there anything else you want to say on that, or can I go to the questions? Go to the questions. Yeah, <laughs> go to the questions. Okay. Gives us more more time to address people's uh, what people are really interested in. Yeah. Okay, so, I've, first question is: Can my calling change throughout my life? <laughs> uh, well, if my life is anything to go for, yes, absolutely. Um, I uh, well, 
Yeah, I think I think yes. I will. I, I don't think it can. Um, gosh, I'm not going to be able to answer this one very well. Yeah, in my case, <laughs> my calling has definitely changed. But there was definitely a point in my life I mentioned in my talk uh, when I uh, shortly after I became a Christian. Obviously, it's different if you're not a Christian than when you are a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> um, so shortly I after I became a Christian, um, I went through that point of asking God, you know, what do you want me to do now, uh, and it did make it very clear to stick with business. It wasn't as specific as like focusing on kingdom business. That's been a more recent thing, but he did say, I want you to be a witness in the world of business. Uh, and that has stayed with me and is still part of my calling. So I guess it's, it's some aspect is probably going to stay the same, but there may become more specific um, as you progress would be my, my experience. Okay, so you've kind of answered the second question I had, which was, can I have more than one calling? Uh, absolutely. I mean, again, it depends on what sort of level of specificity you want. But, uh, you know, it, so in my case, my calling is, is to be a witness in business. Um, more recently, it's been kingdom business. Um, but actually, within the context of that, I'm doing, I'm starting at my grand old age of 64 i'm starting two new businesses so they're two different businesses uh, one's this health business and one's the um, kingdom pioneers so yeah it can be split into different directions i think one of the big things we uh, uh one of the challenges i think for the christian life is to kind of stay stay close to the lord on a daily basis really isn't it um so while, while he may give us a broad plan, I often kind of joke about, you know, Lord, why don't you just give me a five-year plan and then I don't have to keep coming back and asking you. It would be nice. And uh, it's never been that way. I'm sure that's your experience as well. So there's, a, there's an element where it's a daily, there's a daily calling almost, right? Um, so yeah, the answer is yes, there can definitely be more than one calling. Fantastic, thank you. Next question is um what do you do if you have different calls and they seem quite far from each other mm. Mm. well um yeah i guess i guess that's it, that's a true true in this case so in terms of my situation at the moment i've got this health class business which is very different from the kingdom pioneers coaching business so in that case is yeah, I'm having to juggle those two. And I've actually asked the Lord, you know, do I need to drop one of these? And it's been very clear as different people have confirmed, no, actually I want you to keep both balls in the air. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's what you mean. I think, you know, again, I, I think that that could well be, that could be the case for sure. Um, depends what they are. If, you know, if one of your callings is to be nice to people and the other one's to be horrible to people, then I suggest- <laughs> They're complete opposites. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to check, you know, check back as to the sort of yeah. basis of that calling. But I don't know. I'd be interested for that person who ever asked that, what, what, whether they, what was the example? Could you give me an example, please? You know who you are. Whilst she's doing that, I will ask you the, <laughs> the last question that I have. I hear so much about multiple income streams, but how do I know I'm actually called to be an entrepreneur? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Uh, it's a very good one. Um, yeah. Because there are, I mean, I suppose one thing, while I went through that business model canvas, how did it make you feel would be an interesting one. Because if you kind of made you think, whoa, I don't know, 
this is completely out of my depth. I don't think I could answer any of these questions, then possibly it's not right for you right now, if that's what you're thinking about. Um, that would be one answer. Uh, there are certain characteristics which are better for entrepreneurs. As, um, I would, without going into too much detail, um, you know, I think entrepreneurs, the kind of entrepreneurs I'm talking about, um, I mean, you could open another barbershop, that's kind of like being an entrepreneur, but uh, I'm talking about people who are pioneers. Uh, so you need a pioneering mindset, which means you are kind of challenging the status quo. You are looking to solve problems, take responsibility for solving problems. If you don't feel that passion, uh, then you probably aren't the sort of entrepreneur that I'm talking about. Uh, there's a resilience uh, that's important. You, you, you know, you're going to get buffeted. Um, you're going to get so yeah. There are a few characteristics. There are some websites you can. There's one in particular. I don't have the URL with me where you can actually do tests that help you work out whether or not you're you have the right aptitudes to be an entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the lady has come back to give an example. So the question was, what do you do if you have different calls and they seem quite far from each other? And she said, for example, I know that God has called me to use my voice, but on one hand that I, on one, on one hand, I know that I'm called to be creative. I actually think that using your voice mm. is creative. So I'm not sure. Mm. What's your take yeah. on that? That's, that's an interesting one. Well, actually, cause I'm a singer as well. So I do a bit of singing and I, I'm, but I kind of view that as a, uh, and I also write songs, so I, 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 I can't review that as a, as a sideline a hobby. Um, uh, but yeah, I would, that's quite interesting. Uh, there's a concept called creative juxtaposition where you get two different things which look very different and you kind of work out how could they be the same thing or how could they lead to the same thing? And, it, and it, you can come up with some quite interesting ideas. So yeah, maybe ask the question, how does, using my voice and being creative, how could that actually end up leading to the same thing? Do you write songs? Do you write songs? <laughs> um, as someone has put a message here that says, each call is for a specific purpose. They may seem disparate, but the ultimate purpose may be hidden. Some may need, may be needed simultaneously and for different reasons, or one may be in time feed into the other. So some may be long-term and some short-lived for a specific time. I don't know if that helps you um, mm -hmm. in terms of the answer, but she's she hasn't said whether she writes um, songs or not, but when she does, I will let you know. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, characteristics of an entrepreneur. That's, um, what you said we can find that out from a website. Yes. I think we'll do some research. I, I mean, I probably, if I, if I thought we had more time, I would have probably uh, prepared some sort of a link to uh, no, that's I okay. Can, we, can, we can probably find one and then um, yeah. add it to when we send out the slides. So mm. it's good. Okay, great. Now, um, the next thing that I need to tell you all about is a challenge that Jamie has for us. Mm. Oh, sorry. Before I go there, she's come back. She said, in terms of voice, she wants to encourage more people and to speak life to more people. So not from a singing perspective, but from a using her voice perspective mm -hmm. to to make a change. So that's her. Um, oh, I've right. got. Oh, another going, question. Keep okay, going go with that one. I'm just thinking that really is interesting. Yeah. So how do you how do you use your voice to encourage? That's a creative. Go keep going with it. See what the Lord reveals to you. I think there's something interesting in that. Yeah. Last question because we need to move on. But this one just came in. It says you referred to yourself as a butterfly earlier in the talk, <laughs> and I've often said the same about myself. Oh. I recently left PwC as I wanted to use my experience oh. to work within the local community. 
I've not normally seen myself as an entrepreneur, but I do have a natural passion or natural passions, which I think can be monetized. How do you know if you have an entrepreneurial mindset? I think you kind of touched on this. Yes. Yeah, I think you can get books or do these things to to look at that in more detail. But I mean, the other side, I would say is, um, you know, why not give it a go? I think Tammy was saying the same thing, you know, it may be that you just need to take take a, a jump of faith um, and try it out. You see, just as I'm about to close it, everybody's sending in questions now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do how does someone plan for business when competing with NGOs in countries like DRC? Mm. How do you plan for business when you're competing with NGOs? It's very it is it is yeah, difficult uh, for sure in that, that part of the world, which is why it's quite interested in the idea of exporting from that part of the world rather than trying to compete in that in that part of the world. Um, yeah, obviously, it, it's actually I had the same had the same issue here. <laughs> I'm competing with charities here in the UK offering Christian coaching, so we do there's a lot of free coaching. Um, so yeah, it's an issue. I don't know. There's no simple answer other than I suppose. Whatever you're doing, you have to demonstrate that you have more, you are offering more value than whatever the other guys were doing. So, and it's worth paying something for. And then, and then obviously they have to be able to pay enough to cover your costs. So it's a, it's a challenge. I, I don't think there's a simple answer to that one. Yeah, no simple answer to that one. <laughs> okay. Um, you can send if you have questions, you can still send them, but I'll tell you about the challenge that Jamie has set us. Now, Jamie, the challenge is for us to create a one-page business plan using the template. Is the template the business model canvas that you showed yes. earlier? Okay, so I was going to ask you to put it back on screen. The business model, we'll send you, we'll send you the template that Jamie had on the screen for the business model canvas, which is basically one page and your whole business plan, the one he went through talking about people in the company, all of that so um what we're asking you to do is to please return it to us by the 26th i think let me just check i've got that date right um because we won't say yeah by the 26th friday the 26th and two people will win a one-to-one business mentoring from jamie's company now jamie i was trying to pronounce your company is it blone blone Blonnet from Jamie's company, Blonnet. It's French. <laughs> it's French. <laughs> okay, from Jamie's company. So if you would like to um, win a two hours, the two people will win two hours one-to-one coaching. That's correct, yes, Jamie? Yes, that's correct, yeah. So there'll this be se- is- separate, I would suggest separate hours. So it'll be one hour. Okay, one hour, one hour. Go away, okay. do stuff, come back one more hour, yeah. Okay, fantastic. So um, if you would like to take part in this challenge, when we send out the slides, which we will, you will see the template of the business model canvas and you just need to fill that in and send it back to us by the 26th. We will get it over to Jamie and um, winners will be chosen, but there's only two people that are going to win. So um, what else do I need to say? Okay, I've just got another message. Just on a very practical point about that canvas, obviously I don't know how good people are with Word, but, uh, but obviously you'll find the edge of the canvas going on to two pages. Don't worry too much about that, I would say. but if you make the text small enough, you should be able to squeeze it onto one page, but it's a bit of a challenge. Okay, someone is asking if they can use their own business model pe- template. 
Would that be breaking uh, the rules? Their own business model template. So you've got something similar to that or one that you've prepared before. Is that what we're saying? I think it's something similar to that. Uh, is it something similar, Chizzy? And presumably sure. one she's already done. done oh, you, oh, you think it's an already completed one? Is that I'm imagining that's mm. why she wants to do that. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Um, obviously, the, you take the risk that you may not answering answer the question that I really want to hear, because there are things that are, I've put on that which are not necessarily on the standard business model template. Okay. okay. So um, different versions as well. So the one that looks at problems and solutions is one that doesn't look at that. I think the problem solution question is really important. So, okay. So yeah. I think you've answered her. She's come back and said the actual business model canvas. So she's talking mm. about the actual one that's you have, not the amended one. Question mm. Someone here is saying, obviously, there's only two positions, two winners. So if they don't win, do you offer one to one coaching anyway? Absolutely, and I think I know yes. the answer to that is yes. So yes, at a fee, he yes. does offer one-to-one -one yeah. coaching um, and the details, we'll, we'll get you his details as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, so you'll be able to contact him and make that. The date and the deadline, I'll put it all in the chat, don't worry. The date and the deadline for the, your business canvas to come in is the 26th, Friday the 26th. Um, and the price or the, yeah, the price is two hours, two separate one hour coaching sessions, one-to-one -one coaching sessions with Jamie's company, Blonay. It'll be with me, by the way. Just oh, it will be with you. Okay, with yeah, Jamie himself. Will, yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, but I will type it in or I'll get someone to type it in on yeah. the um, chat so that you know. Um, so I think at this point, I just have to say thank you very mm -hmm. much, Jamie. That was really insightful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for just sharing with us and thank you for the challenge. So um, mm. making us do something about it as well. Mm. We are now going to go on a lunch break. Our next session is going to be about interview skills. Thank you very Brilliant. much indeed. I say goodbye. Thank, thank you, Jamie, bye-bye. Yeah. Cheers, bye. <laughs>